0: Well, well, if it isn't the Morgan Riley episode of the be Behind the Net podcast. So, welcome. This is uh, the offseason officially for all three of our uh, Toronto sports teams, uh, at least for the male sports teams. Uh, it's been tough because didn't the Blue Jays get eliminated like pretty cleanly by the by the Rays?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty quick. It was a it was a, a cold sweep, um, two games to none. So that that lasted two days but but it was fun nonetheless yeah i kind
0: of regret having the title of the last podcast be the kids are all right i i, I apologize for any of you guys that are jays fans that think i jinxed it i most likely did
1: no i mean it, it's still correct the blue jays uh you know exceeded all expectations so they're all right they're gonna they're gonna do even better next season um but yeah welcome back to the behind the net podcast as always um I'm one of your two co-hosts, Matthew, and joined with me today is Michael.
0: Hi, guys. Uh, so before we get started, I just wanted to quickly shout out something that's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, you may have noticed uh, me and a few others on Twitter have been asking, hey, who wants to play Among Us? And if you don't know what an Among Us is, uh, it might be a good time to lift it out of your rock. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a fun mean, game. Yes, that is correct. It's a really yeah. fun game. I, I just wanted to take this opportunity. And it started the podcast to shout out our group chat of on Twitter and on discord. It's a bunch of people that we've met on Twitter. Uh, obviously the big names are Juno and Omar. Shout out to them for really making this thing happen. Shout and out Matthew, the of course Pap. for, Oh yeah. The Wolfpack And Nick as there. well. Yeah, of course. And we got a f- we met a few other friends along the way. Uh, there, a bunch of them are actually playing uh, the game right now. Unfortunately we would be playing too, but we have to record this episode. So all of you guys that are listening, uh, thanks for being such an awesome group of, group of people. Uh, and thanks for making the game so much more fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, I've been super busy lately, so I actually haven't even gotten a chance to play yet. But uh, definitely, I have a lot more time this week, so I'll definitely hop on. Um, but yeah, no, even the group chat's just been fun. Uh, it's just a fun game overall. Um, if oh, you, I love it. Any listeners who haven't tried playing it, like play it with your friends. You know, just pick it up and start playing it's it's so it's so much fun and you don't even have to communicate all that much it is just fun with uh even the time you the times you get to communicate like you know we do it on a discord call so that's fun but yeah
0: yeah uh message me your strategies for being the imposter because i am really bad at being the imposter
1: man i suck at those kind of uh games though like i mean essentially it is like there's a lot of games like it um yep. you know, even board games or you have to you know catch your bluff and stuff like that but yeah i'm terrible at that <laughs> okay but... <laughs> wanna hear
0: a want to hear a funny story sure so, so one of my first games playing among us you uh, have to remember i had no experience with the game prior to this i was the imposter and not knowing like how like the strategy like who when's the right time to kill when's the right time to do this and that i kill someone in plain sight or some, some kill someone kills someone uh I'm the imposter and I walk by and someone accuses me of doing it of doing it. It's like, oh, I thought it was a pile of dirt. And by a pile of dirt, it's really a body. When there's no such thing as dirt in this in this <laughs> game. So they're like, What? What 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 do you mean a pile of dirt? It's like, uh no, I thought that was a pile of dirt. <laughs> they're like my, Michael, come on. My first game
1: out, ever. So. I was the imposter, my first game ever. Didn't know the map. I didn't even know the controls and uh I just went on like a killing spree and uh I don't even know somehow I won because they didn't vote me off the first time and then I just went and killed like so many people. Holy <laughs> crap. How did
0: how did that help? That was just my friends. Pull it off? That was funny though. Oh,
1: okay. I really that was just my friends, yeah, but I did not know how to play. That was the only button I knew how to press. I didn't even know how oh. to do the tasks. Um <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um yeah. So Shout out! Shout out the Among Us group chat. Shout out the game Among Us. And uh, yeah, anything else been going on in your week?
0: Uh, work, school, basically the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's you know when you get into these routines and you just basically everything starts to settle down. It kind of gets a little boring in some ways. And those those little moments of like excitement, where such as sports, really just spice up the week a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get catch my drift. For sure. Would you say the same way?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way honestly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you it's, know, speaking of uh oh sorry. No, I was gonna say it's been it's been good because uh yeah, I mean, even though, you know, hockey did end and uh we'll talk about that as well. Um but, you know, sports is still going strong and of course we're gonna cover it this week, but man, yeah, we're just we're still in for a lot of sports, which is great because you're usually around this time, September is like the time where there really isn't a lot of sports September October while you're waiting for hockey basketball to start up and baseball yeah. you know usually ending but yeah
0: the good thing is that football is a constant during this time so I really do appreciate that And now that it have been more into football which we will talk about a little bit later on in the show I do enjoy watching uh, at least the bills right now and uh, in general just any t- f- f- just a football game I could have mm-hmm. been able to
1: catch it mm-hmm. for sure Um, but yeah, let's get right into the, uh, into the sports of the week. Um, I think we'll start off with some hockey. Yes. uh, um, Right off the bat, before we get into the least, I just want to say, yeah, the Bay lightning are, uh, the 2020 Stanley cup champions. Um, that was a great series. I think we all finally saw it coming, you know, if anything, this was the year, um, after, you know, after the second round, I was, I was pretty convinced they're going to go all the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I
0: want to say it's about damn time. What took them so long and good for them because really all those, all three things of, of those are true. Especially if you're a casual hockey fan, just paying attention. Oh, Hey, the lightning are pretty good. Why don't they win the cup? Now now they have.
1: Mm-hmm. So they, they can no longer be called chokers because they finally won it. But, uh, yeah, that was a great series. Uh, Dallas yeah. played very well as well. So props to Dallas and both teams just really played a great series. I, I think, um, And you know, uh, at times they, you know, it went to, especially the last two games, you know, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like, yeah, just the middle games went to, uh, overtime, uh, double overtime as well. And those were some crazy good games, but yeah.
0: I thought it was a really entertaining series too. I I agree with you on that. Um, even though Tampa was probably was more than likely the better team in this series, and the better team did deserve to win i have to give props to dallas they definitely exceeded my expectations just for the fact that they were even here to begin with but just how well they played in some of those games Mm -hmm. Uh, especially uh i'm trying to remember was it game four was the one of the close ones that dallas came out on top with i can't remember yeah top of my head
1: yeah yeah i believe i believe that was the double overtime game but i think that was the back-to-back but yeah either way um such a great series and uh Victor Hedman, of course, I mean, the Conn Smythe, uh, well-deserved. Point robbed. Uh, I mean, I think that, that roster was just so deep that, you know, there. I mean, the three leaders were Hedman, Point, Vasilevsky. And, I mean, I think, I think you could even say... I think if any one of those three won it, you could e- even say, like, one of the other got robbed. Because Hedman did true. put up, what, I think the third highest scoring um, playoffs as a defenseman yeah something like that crazy
0: and absolutely i got yeah you got to give props to tampa they've got a well-built team and now Mm -hmm. i wonder when are they gonna do it again
1: oh for sure um but yeah aside from that uh it was it was great and uh now we'll talk about you know the toronto maple leafs who are still trying to inch their way towards that position um but on the trade front there are some rumors and i'll let you take it away because you have been very active uh in writing about a lot of the rumors and things like that, so Michael, um, essentially uh, another kind of trade rumor has uh, arose, and then why don't you tell the listeners what it is? Absolutely.
0: Um, if any of you have been a fan of this particular defenseman for a while, you're going to be really excited about this one. If you if this is the first time you're hearing this rumor, of course. Um, basically, on the rumor front, it's been more of the same. All of the talk's been about Alex Petrangelo and and whether or not he's going to sign with the Leafs Um, and what's going to happen with Frederick Anderson. So, what was it? Yesterday or the day before, we got a rumor that emerged from Aaron Ward basically saying, oh, hey, the Leafs asked uh, Carolina about a trade centered around Frederick Anderson for Dougie Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there had to have been more or maybe they were just a, a starting point, but Carolina didn't want to do that. And if you're Toronto, you look at that as like, hmm, I would want to keep circling back on that offer until Carolina accepts. Because if the Leafs get Dougie Hamilton, that would be basically solving their right-shot defense problem without having to give up a lot of capital on the cap- on salary. And you're basically replacing Freddie last year of his deal with Dougie, who's on the last year of his deal entering the season. So I have to ask you, do the Leafs pressure the Hurricanes into making that trade go through or do you just like hmm,
1: that was interesting I mean as of right now you know the rumor is it was a kind of one-for-one one trade we don't know if any other assets were involved but definitely I think Dougie Hamilton is the you know the the perfect type of defenseman that the Leafs need and it almost sucks saying that because you know the Leafs technically would have had him if mm-hmm. <laughs> that trade never went down in the first place with Boston but uh that aside yeah um if he's available the Leafs should definitely be calling back uh Carolina and trying to figure something out. Um, but it does go back to, you know, in my head, I gotta ask you, I mean, we we just saw Robin Lehner uh sign, re sign for five years, um, with the Vegas Golden Knights. So I gotta ask you, um if if the Leafs trade uh Freddie Anderson, you know, what are their options now? Because I know we in an earlier episode we did talk about Robin Lehner being a potential option. And how yeah. does this kind of affect the goalie market for their um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, for their options? That's,
0: I think, uh, first of all, it definitely sets the the market for what free agent goalies are going to be signing for. Because Leonard and Anderson are fairly comparable uh, in some ways. Sorry, I just wanted to bring back Anderson into the mix. But if you're the Leafs, Lanner was obviously a guy that would be an excellent fit on this roster as a free agent. But again... It all depended on uh, what the Vegas Golden Knights are going to do with his contract, and clearly they really like him enough to give him a five-year extension. So I guess really what it comes down to, you have to look elsewhere now. Look at the uh, potential free agents uh, that are hitting the market. Holtby's the biggest name out there, but there's plenty of other uh, guys that would uh, command a lot of money or at least uh, command a lot of interest. And if Toronto would have to either look at that See if there's anyone worth going after, and I think probably Hope is the easiest one for me. Or you go through the trade route, and that's where it gets a little trickier because a lot of goalies are under contract. I'm guessing a lot of teams would want to ensure that they're getting a goalie back of quality in return if they're going to trade away a goalie, and it's just just really hard to really forecast how the Leafs are going to be able to update upgrade the goalie position. Now that one of their pr- primary targets, I'm sure was uh, taken off the board Mm -hmm. with his new contract
1: Mm -hmm. for sure I definitely think this you know Holtby was the uh the name in my head and that's in terms of free agency uh options but yeah I think it looks like they'll have to go I mean judging whether or not they actually you know Kyle Dubas wants to go with this you know Anderson for Hamilton trade um they would have to go the trade route in. I don't know. Yeah, the market's pretty small right now. So I, that's the one thing. All these Freddie Anderson rumors are emerging. That's the one thing that's kind of holding me back on is just, you know, there's not a lot of backup options. There's not a lot of options, you know, to replace him with. You yeah. Know, you can't roll into a season without a number one goaltender. You just can't, right? And, um, I mean, I know Matt Murray's the big, um, the big uh, rumor swirling around. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd still have to give up a good amount of assets. We know Pittsburgh, you know, they're they're kind of holding on to him pretty tightly, and they just actually signed Tristan uh, Jari as well, so that then you know that they they've kind of set their future on him more so. Yep. Um, so we'd have to see maybe even Mark Andre Fleury, but yeah, I definitely do think the only, I, I want to see them. I think that trade for Delgie Hamilton is a good trade if the Leafs can make it happen, but you also have to think. You only do that if you know you still have, you know, a goaltender trade in the works on the side as well. And you have, you only make a trade like that if you know you have a a replacement, you know, a, on hand. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really what it comes down to. At least I've said this in the past. If you're going to trade Freddie, you have to make sure that there is the replacement already there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how it happened when they initially got Anderson to begin with. They got him, and then they traded away Jonathan Bernier, who was on the roster already. And people thought, oh, that could be an interesting tandem of Anderson Bernier. But clearly, they wanted Anderson to be the guy. So if you're Toronto, you either make a trade for said goalie or you sign someone free agency. A couple of names that uh, jump off at the top of my head besides Holtby are Henrik Lundqvist and Jimmy Howard. And I think Lundqvist would probably be the more attractive one because he has a pretty good track record. But the problem is, I just don't know if Henrik Lundqvist can still be that guy, mm-hmm. and especially in front of a suspect defense, with without the the, the hindsight of the trade of the potential signings, at will be making. But again, it all comes down to, like I said, get your get the new guy before you trade away Freddie.
1: Mm-hmm. And Henrik Lundqvist is actually an interesting name to talk about right now because he was just bought out. I think hockey fans in general would love to see him, you know, compete for a cup still, but I think his role now is really, you know, the veteran backup goaltender who can get some starts, but not lead a team, you know? Yeah. So I don't think he would be the best option to go forward. I mean, you never know, maybe he could explode with the, in terms of new role, um, you know, but you never know. And I just don't think that's the safest bet. So, while we're on the topic, I'm going to ask, uh, I think we should, uh, w- let's name some potential free agent targets, just in general, that the Leafs should go after. And we've yep. already kind of named Holtby, um, even Lundqvist, as uh, potential options for goaltending. Um, and we've even we've talked about it in the past, but uh, I'll just get it out of the way. But, um, you know, Radko Gudas, we both would love him as a uh, as a, uh yep possible defenseman free agent pickup yep. um who are, who are a couple others we'll just name some and then we'll talk about the next topic
0: i think probably the biggest name besides alex pretrangelo and obviously pretrangelo would be the top of the list mm-hmm. of guys the least would want yeah. to go after
1: i feel like i almost didn't mention that because i feel like that's a whole topic in its own you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there
0: are two guys that uh come strike across as uh someone the least some people the least should be interested in obviously dylan demello is one that uh, a lot of Leaf fans have been intrigued by for a while, and mm-hmm, I think sure. I think that he could be a great addition to the top four. And another one that I think would be interesting is T.J. Brody. Now, the thing about Brody is he's a left he, he he's a natural lefty, but he likes to play on the right side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to how when Ron Hainsey was on the Leafs a couple of years back, he was a natural left shot, but he was okay with playing on the right side. I. Wouldn't be too upset in a scenario like that where you get a TJ Brody who the least did like, by the way, and they were in, originally originally interested in trading for him uh, from Calgary in for giving up Natsum Kadri before obviously the infamous Tyson Berry trade. So I would imagine if TJ Brody does become available, which it sounds like he will be, he's going to be someone the least will be interested in signing. For
1: sure. And let's not forget, he was, uh, yeah, he was technically almost a Maple Leaf. Um, You know, he was the first target in the uh, Nazem Kadri trade before Kyle Dubes decided to trade him to uh, Colorado for Tyson Berry. Um, But, yeah, um, I think those are definitely some uh, free agent options that the Leafs should be looking for. Again, I mean, it goes back to, you know, i i'm still on the fence about petrangelo i definitely think maybe it would be a better decision to pick up you know a couple of value defensemen rather than you know one superstar um yeah. in the leafs scenario but yeah we'll have to see but uh yeah it's definitely getting interesting i mean any forwards that you'd like to see i mean i feel like that's not really a priority for the leafs anyways right now of course yeah, yeah. Uh, forward are... depth for sure
0: yeah um but i'm I'm just oh, trying to think. I'm just trying to think of who would probably be someone that would be somewhat intriguing. Yeah, uh, I just
1: I don't want to see honestly, I don't think the Leaf should be. You know, they signed uh Barbanov as well. Yeah. Um, and uh we they just signed uh Malgan as well. Well, Dennis Mulgan, so they're pretty loaded on uh up front. It's really they need to allocate their uh free cap space to the back end. So, Obviously yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, obviously, if you have to sign a forward, maybe the most intriguing one would be Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. Just because like he's someone that's been connected to the Leafs for a long time. But I think the other one that uh, is kind of intriguing somewhat is Bobby Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now, Bobby Ryan is going to probably not command a lot of money. Uh, his value has gone down quite a bit, in spite of uh, his very inspiring story of uh, overcoming alcohol addiction, coming back to play and winning the Masterton Trophy this year. I think he'd want to prove that he can still be a valuable player in the NHL, and in a situation like Toronto, where he would not be told, oh, be the number one guy offensively. Just be a productive bottom six forward. I think he might buy into that, and maybe that'll help him uh, get his career back on track. Like, similar to how they did it with uh, Tyler Ennis a few years ago.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, Yeah, but I feel like, you know... That would be nice, but I think forwards are, you know, the the second priority right now. It kinda takes a yeah. backseat to uh yeah, spending that money on the back end. So we'll see how they go from there. Um and in terms of uh drafting, the Leafs have the number fifteen pick. Who's on your watch for that?
0: There's a lot of players. Uh if if you probably saw I wrote an article about Jake Sanderson. Jake mm-hmm. Sanderson's a long shot for the Leafs to pick up at number 15 because a lot of scouts are projecting him to go in the top 10 which is fine because he is a really good defenseman and I think he's gonna have a long career ahead of him but there's uh Seth Jarvis is another name I keep hearing connected to the Leafs a lot there's that goalie I believe you wrote about as well
1: oh yeah um Askarov yeah so I was gonna say yeah he was actually gonna be my pick for uh someone to watch for uh right now i think he's in most mock drafts he's going around 13th to carolina which kind of sucks because that was the least original pick mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah no he's you know he's projected to be you know a real franchise goaltender he's if he gets uh picked i believe in the, in the top 10 he'll be the first goalie since uh carrie price to be picked in the top 10 so the hype is hype is unreal on him and and he's been able to back it up he's been playing essentially professional hockey in Russia at 17 the youngest I believe he's like the second uh, the second youngest starter in KHL history something like that but yeah the hype is there and he would be interesting because hey I mean you never know I mean we saw Carter Hart come out the gates as a pretty uh, you know he entered the league pretty young and he's doing more than just fine um, oh yeah so maybe you know maybe that's a possibility for the Leafs to solution in net
0: yep Absolutely. I think the thing about, about goalies being drafted in the first round, is it's really hard to project if they're going to translate their success from junior right into mm-hmm. the NHL. Mm-hmm. Probably the most recent example of that, the two recent examples of that working out in spades was Carey Price, who was drafted, I believe, fifth overall, and Andre Vasilevsky, who just recently won the Stanley Cup, and he was like a top 15 pick in mm-hmm. his draft year.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so I mean... The track record is pretty good for goalies that are uh that are that are drafted higher with that kind of height, but we'll see. And then yeah, uh, absolutely. I guess moving on. Um let's just talk about, you know, in general what's gonna happen in this NHL off season. Um let's start let's continue with the draft. Uh who do you think are the top five players that'll go?
0: Okay. This one I think the first pick is a no brainer. If it's Alexei Lafreniere is most definitely going Mm, first. There's just no debate about that. Where who goes second is who I'm most interested in. Yeah. Now, I I would like to think it's uh, byfield, but there's a lot of rumors suggesting that it might be someone else.
1: I still think it'll be byfield. Let's not forget how young byfield is. I believe he's younger than uh, the other top five picks um, by months. Uh, But, yeah, I still think it's going to be byfield. He's played excellently this season um for what for what we had of this season and uh yeah i still think he'll be the number two pick i think he's the safer pick by far oh, yeah. um that leaves uh tim uh stutzel i think he would go down to third i think he's the type of player that ottawa would like to have on their team as well
0: yeah they definitely need a number one center to go along with uh brady kachuk uh, mm-hmm. just build around your forward core for the future, and I think that would be an excellent pickup for them. Um, I'm going to say Cole Profetti goes number four as well, another excellent player yeah. in his own right. He, he's uh, he's had a great season uh, in so- Saginaw, um, a, a player that a lot of scouts, I've, at least one of them I've seen, are speaking I think, very
1: highly of. I think number four is a pretty – I think from four down, it gets really uh, – you know, you can kind of mix up the – It's kind of a toss-up for a lot of the picks number four i mean i i I feel like i don't know i feel like it could either be marco rossi or uh, jamie drysdale or cole Parfetti. one of those three yeah yeah Yeah, jamie
0: drysdale is definitely a player that i've been interested actually interesting interesting uh uh, thing i want to point out uh my cousin actually used to play hockey with jamie jamie drysdale a few years ago jamie
1: drysdale shout out your cousin
0: yeah i was uh we were <laughs> actually hoping to get him on the podcast funny enough uh yeah just around the time of the uh, world juniors or just after but uh that didn't go through because uh unfortunately he's got a lot of uh other things to worry about and he didn't respond but uh yeah there you go we tried to get jamie drysdale <laughs> on the podcast
1: yeah for sure and then so yeah i mean i feel like the top five will be rounded out by one of those guys i have Mar- for me i have Marco rossi f4 and then um Jamie Drysdale, five. Cole Perfetti at six. Um, But I really think it's a mixing bag of those three.
0: Yeah. I also want to shout out Lucas Raymond, Mm -hmm. another player that could definitely be taken in the top five. He's also had a great year. I believe he was with, uh, oh, he's in in, uh, suite in the SHL. I've definitely someone, I think, in general, a lot of scouts uh, are speaking highly of, too. He's definitely got the the, uh, potential to be taken in the top five, if not sixth or seventh uh and this is just i think whoever gets taken in the top 10 you're most likely going to be getting an nhl player right away
1: yeah for sure so we'll just see how it pans out uh next week with the draft um it'll be it'll be really interesting as we all know drafts never barely ever go exactly as uh expected so we'll see how that shakes up and then uh what do you think about free agency predictions i mean we'll just quickly kind of rapid fire it uh I mean the biggest one is Petrangelo. Where do you think he signs?
0: This is the probably the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. I think everyone. I'll in go Toronto with guy is... here. Okay, I'm going to say okay because like this week, as I've started to uh, warm up to the idea that maybe it's not a good idea to sign Petrangelo, and it'd be better to go elsewhere. So my bet is he either re-signs or he goes to Vegas.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna go. I personally think he's gonna to go to Vegas. I think he will leave, but unfortunately, not to Toronto. Or I don't think you know Toronto can get it done with their, you know, they're pretty strapped cap wise. So I think they they might have to go the other options. But um, yeah, I think Vegas is calling him.
0: Okay, the next big target is Taylor Hall, and what I find interesting is that I'm starting to hear that he's war- he's okay with taking a one or two year deal. Mm-hmm. So I want would it be possible that he signs a one-year deal with the avalanche
1: um i don't know about one-year deal um i do think i was gonna say i think the avalanche will be the team pushing the hardest for him let's not forget they have a lot of cap space left still um i don't know about one-year deal i think they would be pushing for a short-term deal but uh I, I personally think they w- will. I don't think it'll be a one-year deal, but I think he'll get one done with Colorado.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay, uh, let's do a couple more. Corey Krug, uh, there are some rumors that he might have, his might get traded mm. to the uh, Detroit Red Wings, I believe. Yeah. Where do you think he signs with?
1: Is I mean, I still think, ball I know the big thing has been, you know, that he He's basically said he wants to stay in Boston. I think he will eventually resign in Boston. I think they are taking it down to the wire though that's me personally. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think they he's he's not the type of player that you know there hasn't been any um kind of spoiled relations there. Maybe we don't know what happens behind the scenes, but as far as we know, you know you wouldn't want to leave a contending team like the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Things don't seem to have been spoiled and it just seems like just the contract negotiations have been kind of just taking longer than usual.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, he definitely resigns, but if he does leave for free agency, I think Detroit is most is the most likely destination he goes to. It's possible he goes elsewhere, but I'm not sure. It's just hard to predict, but I think you're right. Boston is the most likely uh, destination.
1: For sure, and then uh, Braden Holtby.
0: Oh, Braden Holpe. Uh, mm. we'll
1: r- round it out with him.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, now, he's most definitely gone, first of all. There's no chance he's staying in Washington. I don't know if Va- Vancouver is an option, because I know they really like uh, Markstrom, and they really like De- Demko. So I-, I can't really see a scenario where he signs with them, though that would make a lot of sense if they're going to move on from one of them. Uh mm-hmm. He's definitely going west, is my guess, but I just don't know where he's going.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he'll go either. Um, I don't know actually. That's a that's a really hard one. Um, who has he been rumored to 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 be linked with?
0: That's uh, I think uh, I I remember hearing Vancouver sometimes, yeah. uh, because like obviously that's that'd be a good fit for him. Uh, hmm maybe well it's could be New York because New York needs a goalie
1: I think New York wants to roll with uh their young their young goalie
0: yeah that's mm-hmm. that's what I think is interesting too because like Carolina also really needs a goalie Carolina would make a lot of sense if uh they want to sign they they want to sign Holtby and that like that basically is like oh here's our goalie of the future finally our, our true number one goalie I think uh either he goes west or he signs with Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah, I think I'll just leave it. He'll he'll go west because I really don't have a place for him. And I mean, I was gonna ask the last one, but I, I think it's the same thing. Tyson Berry. I really don't know where he might end up. I don't know exactly who well, might be. Well, on I'll say this, him, but we'll see.
0: I'm gonna say Vancouver if he does sign who he signs with Vancouver Mm -hmm. makes too much sense because I think at least we're potentially asking Vancouver about a package sending Barry there Yeah, Barry's from uh, Vancouver or at least the Vancouver area I think if uh, if the Canucks had enough cap room they would definitely go after him
1: I think even Calgary if TJ Brody walks yeah that's true might be a good replacement I think there was uh, there was rumors about that as well maybe they'll swap at uh, the trade deadline but uh yeah. We'll see, uh we'll see how that plays out. So yep. uh how about we switch sports now? Talk, Talk a little bit about fire. basketball. Yeah. Kind of rapid fire. This honestly this week has been uh it's it's already the off season, so we just have to cover, you know, some of these uh rumors and things like that. Yeah. We'll open it with uh kind of the only Raptors rumor, only Raptors news that's been happening this week, but Marcus All. So I can't confirm yet. I, I believe it's not confirmed yet, but uh the reports are that he is working towards signing with uh, barcelona in spain their basketball team um and uh i believe that's the club he played for before um he played uh in the nba and uh yeah so i don't think it is a done deal yet but what are your thoughts on this
0: well first of all I, I can understand why he'd want to go back home. He's accomplished just about everything he'd hope to accomplish in the NBA. He's getting up there in age, and um, he probably knows that uh, his best days are very much behind him. So I can understand from that standpoint. But from a tr- from the Raptor standpoint, now your off season has an interesting wrinkle in it, because Marcus All was a big part of why they won the championship last year, and a big part of their success this year as well. He's defensive value is going to be hard to replace, assuming he is going. And I'm just not sure who on the market can match the value that Marcus provided on the defensive side of things. For sure.
1: I think, uh, I mean, I was going to say if anything, I think this season has, you know, kind of shown, especially these playoffs that Marcus all, Gasol- the Raptors did kind of outgrow Marc Gasol. His play wasn't where it was last season, especially in the playoffs. And I think that's why I was going to I was gonna get to the point that, you know, it's okay. I think the Raptors would have walked away from Marc Gasol either way or let him mm-hmm. walk. Um, but, yeah, it's still a big hole defensively. Of course, his offensive game is what really took a hit, but his defense was still, um, you know, on point as usual. Um, but, yeah, I think it goes back to give and take, and I think Masai knows that those types of things um, – you know, you have to give up. I mean, working with the salary cap and what the Raptors are planning for in 2021. Um, he was obviously the odd man out, especially given his age. Yeah. But the one thing I'll say is, uh, I think I I like this decision because you know, if the Raptors can't have him, Hey, I mean, at least he's not going to another NBA team, but I think it's a great decision for him if he decides to sign with them, uh, with Barcelona because he gets to go back home. Yeah. He's, uh, achieved everything he wanted to. And uh, exactly like he's just, it's another going home uh, story and yeah. he can, he can, you know, he can retire there without any expectations as well.
0: Exactly. Now just quickly before we move on to other NBA stuff, because by the way, game three is happening as we're recording this mm-hmm. and Miami going on a run. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. First of all. Um. So I was joking with you, but now I'm kind of half serious that the le- the Raptors should be going after Montrez Harrell. If you're now, now that we know that Mark Salt is more than likely leaving and you need to have a defensive center who can provide occasional points, who is a free agent target you would want to see the Raptors go after to replace Gasol's defense?
1: First off, I mean, uh, I was gonna say, did you see uh, Harrell's uh, he has like, I don't know if that's his uh, I think that's like his his youth team or something, or I don't know if he's doing a camp or something, but he called it like uh, Harrell's Raptors is like the team name. Have you, did you see that?
0: <laughs> I did not see that. But I'll send man, you that. He's yeah. just toying with us. It's
1: like on a sweater and he has like, it's like Harrell's Raptors or something around that sword and it has the Raptors logo. And uh yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. Um yeah. No, but for me, I I still think, I think it comes down to surgery, Ibaka. Okay, I still think you don't have to look for a Marc Gasol replacement. Exactly. I think, you can kind of wait that hole out, honestly, in the lineup. Um mm-hmm. I think as long as you have Sergi Baca, he kinda of already um fills that role. And I think uh like I think the Raptors should only make a move for Harrell unless if um if Sergi Baca leaves as well. Right? That's fair. Um but honestly, yeah, I can't really see them signing anyone in particular, let's let's just remember. I mean, it, it is still a thing that you know the Raptors aren't going to go after any huge big free agents, right? The likelihood right. of that isn't isn't always high. So I'm going to keep it a um, just like last season. I don't think they make any big replacements, um, but I think they do pick up a a bunch of small guys, maybe some undrafted guys, you know, out of summer league things like that, and they they still put up a good season next season.
0: They definitely are going to either sign a center or Fernandez, who they drafted last year, Mm -hmm. is going to get a bigger opportunity in 2020, 2021. Mm
1: -hmm. And for the sake of argument, like for the sake of saying, suggesting someone, I think the big one would be Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, Um, that'd be good. But I just don't think he fits the Raptors' roster exactly what they're looking for.
0: Okay, I like that. Mm -hmm. it's definitely a fair plan and honestly if you're the raptors uh, other than uh maybe just fine running out the team the biggest move is re-signing masai ujiri but we already know that
1: yeah that he is the biggest free agent the raptors have to worry about right now until next
0: year of course until
1: next year yep and then uh so around the league in the nba Yep, as you heard, the finals are going on right now. Game three, Miami's up by four at halftime. And um, yeah, I, I do want to ask you, I mean, these finals have put up a record low um, in viewership. Do you think, is that a fair assessment of this finals? Like, why do you think that is the case?
0: Okay, I think it comes down to a few things. One, I think the pandemic is affecting viewership. Um, number two has to be because Miami's uh, been riddled with injuries in these finals. They're without Bam out of Bayou, Gordon Drogic, uh Jimmy Butler almost missed game two with an ankle injury. And both games, the Lakers, off the backs of uh, a great performances from Anthony Davis and LeBron, dominate they were i you could argue that they're blowout wins so when you have the clearly superior team showing their might the other team basically having little to no resistance to trying to solve it well of course tonight that seems to be changing a little bit and a commanding two nothing lead in the series you can't have this scenario for not a lot of fans are interested. Some fairness, it can I can understand why. And unless the the Heat can make this a series and not just like win one game and just like oh, like look they stole a the game from the Lakers, look at that. Whereas they actually tie the series, then I think more people will start watching. But for now, I still think this is the Lakers championship to lose, and a lot of people recognize that. Hey, this series it seems pretty much over.
1: Exactly. Honestly, you put up so many points that are pretty much the same as me. Yeah, I definitely think it comes down to uh yeah, the fact that you know the competition isn't really even matched. I mean, here's the thing though. Since 1994 there have been there have been sweeps in the finals. There have been um you know, series that have been easy like easily one-sided. I think that I think a big thing is of course sharing this time with um other sports, especially the NFL. Let's not you know, let's not cap um the NFL is arguably bigger than the NBA in the United States. Um even though yeah. they're the two they're the two biggest leagues, it's they've never really had to kind of share that space like this except, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. Um and yeah, I definitely think that takes a lot of viewership away and I think just the entire pandemic situation, maybe people are, you know, just don't want to tune in as much. But yeah, I think it's half narrative. Um it kind of is very you know lopsided especially given the uh, injuries and uh, I think the kind of star power honestly um Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler is a star but you know I think it's safe to say he is other than Bam who I think is a he's a emerging star but in terms of big names it's not like Miami has any uh other than Jimmy Butler and you know LeBron James and Anthony Davis has just been leading the headlines but that so much that it's almost given that they're gonna win the finals um it just that lopsidedness just I think makes people want to tune out or just kind of mm-hmm. you know, just watch in the background kind of thing. Um, but still a lot of great basketball being played, but I definitely think it's that and just the overall pandemic, uh and yeah, I mean, nobody can it's not like I feel like since it's not in person, you know, just the fanfare isn't isn't there. Just the, you know, I bet in their maybe in their respective um markets that those fans are going crazy about it but it's hard it's, 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 if if you can't be if if you know la and miami can't be going crazy about it right now it's very hard for basketball fans in general to kind of pick up on that hype as well
0: let me just quickly ask you something if you had the choice like let's say we're not doing this podcast tonight and you had the choice between watching game three of the nba finals or Sunday night football between the Eagles and the 49ers, which one would you pick and be, be honest about it
1: for me? I mean, I'm still picking basketball, but, um, like I said, I've started watching football a lot more. So I mean, it would be channel switching a lot more. Yeah, it, it really, it does. It, it's tough. I mean, not even with, you know, last season, Toronto was there and it's not even that, but there's a lot more star power on both teams. There's a lot more even matched. Um, you know, Miami's a fifth seed. I think that plays in the narrative a lot. And I think it's almost, it's really easy to see. It's not even like, you know, Miami uh, 2011, Miami and Dallas. People thought that was lopsided, right? Yeah. Big three versus um, Dirk Nowitzki. But yeah. what made it so good was, like you said, um, you know, they're up 2 nothing right now dallas was able to come back uh was able to you know actually make it their series and and win it all right they were able to um you know be the underdogs and and come out on top and that made people want to watch and yeah i think if uh if miami pushes it to you know uh maybe tie it at two then people are going to watch game six and seven you know Mm -hmm. game five six and seven It's it's just like that
0: i couldn't agree more with you man I definitely feel the same way. If I was not watching if not we're not recording this podcast for now, I would most definitely be channel surfing. But mm-hmm. I think it just really speaks to just how much of uh there's there's a lot of stake for this NBA Finals to really be remembered more fondly. And I think it really depends on the Miami Heat. If the Miami Heat can make this a series, oh definitely more people are gonna be watching. Cause then it'll be, hey, this is competitive. But if for it's sure. not competitive, and so far, with the exception of tonight's game, it's been completely one-sided then yeah absolutely no one's gonna watch
1: mm-hmm. for sure i want to give a quick shout out as well um since we're talking about channel surfing things like that the WNBA finals as well has been super interesting so far yes thank amazingly you. interesting um yeah they played today uh seattle storm versus the las vegas aces and uh las vegas honestly looks so good going through the uh you know going through the bracket but seattle was you know waiting for them and uh they dominated today they dominated yeah, yeah. they absolutely did they had four uh, players put up at least 15 points like that's insane
0: yeah i think when going into this finals i was hearing a lot of good things about the storm shout out to Haley mcgoldrick for giving me keeping me informed shout on out everything WNBA. read yes. her uh
1: read her column every monday um on for sports now on Sportsnet's website uh uh, covering all your WNBA kind of updates.
0: Yes, they're they're excellent stuff. And if you're a big fan of basketball and even a bigger fan of the WNBA, you will enjoy it. Sure. But anyway, she was telling me that this is definitely a competitive series. It's on the long lines of that, but the Storm are the favorite. And I couldn't agree more. And in a series that is only five games, every game counts. And now the Storm have a commanding 2-0 series lead. Uh, I, I can't see scenario... Where the Aces uh, are able to even things out, like obviously the Aces are a good team. You, I, I agree with you. But, yeah, like I mean, they have the, probably...
1: they have Asia Wilson MVP, yeah. Kayla McBride, um, you know, especially uh, Angel Magotri, Uh They've been really good throughout the playoffs.
0: Let me just ask you this: I I think they can win one game, but can they win two or three?
1: See, I mean. It's essentially the same as, you know, if you're comparing to the NBA, it's essentially the same as a 3 nothing hold, right? Um, in one way, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely hard. To, I think closing out a series is the hardest thing to do in sports, right? Um, but Seattle has just, you know, kind of taken a chokehold pretty much on the whole season. I mean, you got Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. I mean, you know, I think they'll get it done, especially with Sue Bird's uh, experience.
0: Yeah. I would definitely say it it's gonna be the Storm series to lose. But I think the Aces are gonna steal one game. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be the, the when the series is over, it's gonna be three to
1: one. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see. It's it's definitely been a really fun series. And uh yeah, we'll see game three take is on uh Tuesday.
0: So let's quickly go over the playoffs for the MLB and just quickly go over the NFL, because right now it's week three, as I was, uh, week four, sorry. As I was saying, we're, me and Matthew are probably just keeping an eye on the uh, Monday, Sunday night game and the game through the NBA finals. But our Blue Jays, they lost. They were sad. There's going to be a question about this later when we do our fan Q&A, but I want to just quickly ask you, was that the most disappointing playoff exit for a team with no expectations? It was
1: sad. <laughs> it was sad to see, but just because honestly, that's how a best of three series really sucks. Like it's good. I mean, it works out good, but for the losing team, it really sucks because it just feels like so quick. Right. And it goes back to that. I mean, two games, like that's it. Like, you know, it's hard to, sh- it's hard to show, you know, you're, you know, it's hard to perform and, and, kind of give yourself a chance when it's only two games and yeah it was sad but like i said before you know these blue jays didn't have any expectations so i mean like we said last on last week's episode even if they get swept next week they'll come better they'll come back better
0: yeah, yeah absolutely agree it's definitely sadding especially because game two was a blow I, I kind of wish the jays King with a little bit more offensive firepower, because we know this team is capable of doing a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. So to see them go out the way they did, even though they knew there's they had no little to no chance of advancing, it sucks. I let's I it's just there's no way to put it. It sucks to see. But I think if there's any silver lining, it's that this is going to motivate these players. These young guys now got a taste of playoff baseball. Even though it was only two games, they know what it's like. They know how much it hurts to lose. And they're going to be even coming back even stronger next year mm-hmm. and want to try and uh, have a longer stay in the playoffs. Hopefully
1: more than two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're way ahead of schedule already in terms of the rebuild. So I just feel like they're going to accelerate it from here on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So who, do you, who would you say has been your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment in the MLB playoffs so far?
1: Can I say one for both, kind of? <laughs>
0: Sure, yeah, go ahead.
1: Biggest surprise the Houston Astros beat the twins. Yep. And I'm disappointed in the fact that they <laughs> that they advanced. A quick
0: thing about the Twins, uh they they can no longer have a W in their name because they don't know how to win
1: in the playoffs anymore. <laughs> Eighteen consecutive losses in the playoffs. And they looked really good this season too. That's why I was like I mean, I think Baseball fans in general, you know, it's still kind of the shame tour for the Houston Astros.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to quickly shout out the San Diego Padres. Man, are they exciting to watch? I've known that they were close to contending for a bit, but now that they finally have made it to the playoffs and they're going to their, the NLDS, man, San Diego is going to be here for a while. Mm-hmm. Not just this playoffs, but for the next couple of years, they're going to be, a scary team in the NL West. Like out the Dodgers need to win the world series this year because I can guarantee you they San it. Diego is probably for... going to be, going to be competing for a world series very soon. Yeah.
1: For sure. And then uh, I just want to give a quick shout out as well to uh, Miami. Yeah. And what they had to go through this season, of course with the uh, COVID test. No, it's a, it's a huge thing. You know, they almost had to, you know, get they had to make trades to get players just to be able to play, keep their season going, things like that. Um, and yeah, shout out them because they've been able to not only pull through, but they've been able to excel.
0: Yep. Uh, they've never lost a playoff series in their entire existence, which is crazy to believe, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So sure. <laughs> quickly, how do you predict uh, the, the playoffs? The, the NLDS is going to go. I'm just going to quickly read off uh, the teams that we know. It's going to be the Dodgers versus the Padres, the Braves versus the Marlins in the National League, and in the American League, I believe it's the Astros versus the, the, A's. the A's. Yes, the Athletics. Yeah. And the Yankees versus the Rays. Uh, yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: How do you predict it's going to go? Who's going to um, be the ALCS? This is and the rapid NLCS? fire.
1: Yep. So I'm going to go. In the NL, I'm going to go L.A., so Dodgers. I'm going to go Braves because Braves have looked so good this year. Yeah. Um I'm going to say A's. I'm hoping for A's <laughs> over yeah. Astros. But And then this one is honestly the hardest toss-up. I'm going to have to go Yankees. Honestly, they've, they've put together such a good uh, lineup, a yeah. really good lineup.
0: I definitely agree with a lot of your picks. I think Dodgers are going to win too, but it's going to take five. Mm-hmm. I think the Braves are going to win too, but for the memes, I would love to see the Marlins win. Uh, definitely the the A's are my pick, but I can understand why the Astros would win that series, mm-hmm. even without the cheating. Uh just have to bring that out there. Uh, and yeah. for the Yan- Yankees are are my pick too, but like the others, the first series, it's going to five. So there you go. Let us know how wrong our predictions were.
1: We'll see. Old takes exposed. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so let's quickly kind of rapid fire talk about the NFL. and Then we'll go to a break before our uh, draft redo. But yeah, I mean, currently week four is pretty much underway, kind of in the middle of it. Um, My Cleveland Browns got a win today. It's Sunday My Bills got to win too and your Bills got to win, so it's it, we're, it's starting off on a on a bright note. Um but yeah, it was just it was great. Like both both those games were really good.
0: Yes, uh first of all, the Bill, the Browns beating the Cowboys is great for everybody unless you're a Cowboys <laughs> fan, then I'm sorry about about having to do this, but uh everyone's happier when the Cowboys lose. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they lose in that that kind of way to the uh browns but i'm the only person who's not a, a cowboys fan that's upset is my boss at work who had money on the line and picked the cowboys to win and he's pissed that they lost
1: i mean it's great because the browns aren't you know pulling a browns you know yeah so far so <laughs> we'll see how that plays out and yeah your bills looking good right now yes mm-hmm. it's
0: uh four and oh first time in a long time. And this uh, it's starting to feel really good about this team. Uh, obviously the schedule gets a little bit tougher for Buffalo. Uh, I believe uh, there's a Titans game, but we don't even know if that's happening because the Titans have a bunch of COVID cases. Uh, if if that game plays, Tennessee is going to be a tough outing, but they have to, I start. I really like the makeup of this team. I like what they've been doing so far, but at the end of the day, they still have to prove it in the playoffs that they've really grown. Cause that's really the big test. And I think your Browns too. I think this is the year that they finally make a run because mm-hmm. it's been too long without the Browns in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, I think the last thing about the NFL though, we want to talk about is I kind of brought it up. Um, the uh, Titans with their COVID cases. And also, I mean, Cam Newton, but just in general, how do you think the NFL has handled that um the co- uh, like the COVID situation and do you think there should have been a bubble?
0: Okay. The thing about the NFL is it's probably the easiest to keep the players under control in theory because there's only 16 games. Really they have to stay in their city for the most part unless they have a home game or an away game where they have to travel. The plan should be hey you eat, the only times you can leave the house are for practice, games, or for essentials needs. Otherwise, stay home. I don't know why it's that hard to mandate, but if it's that hard to mandate, then it's going to be a real problem for the NFL because we know that cases are going to emerge. But I'd rather it be a scenario where they did everything in their power, everyone was following the rules, and just this is just the situation that we're in. Not where it's very preventable things that are happening and people are getting sick because of it. That's really what it comes down to. It mm-hmm. should there should be a bubble. I think that obviously makes a lot of sense. We know it works, but if it's in a situation like this, the players should know better.
1: For sure, for sure. I'm definitely with you there. Um, you know, I I I for one think I definitely think. You know, they should have done a bubble. Of course, it's hard. I think the NHL and the NBA have been able to do a bubble because it's only playoffs, right? Doing a whole season, that's too tough, right? Especially given how long, um, you know, basically a week between every game. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's tough because, yeah, they get to stay in their city, but I I definitely don't think they have as much restrictions in terms of... uh, what they do in those off days and things like that and where they're going. So mm-hmm. I think, I think if anything, it should set a precedent to, you know, the NFL trying to rethink the rules heading forward.
0: Yes. We'll see. How absolutely that plays agree. Out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I totally agree. There should be rule changes. There is going to be a meeting with uh, teams on Monday for enforcing the rules and just the the dangers of uh, potentially breaking those rules or something along the lines of that. There has to be more stricter uh, rules in place and much even stricter punishments for uh, not following them. And I think really the players should know better, like I said. They have to understand, hey, I could compromise my team and and the season by just going out for a drink or doing God knows what. They sure. they have to keep their uh like hobbies in check because remember unless there's a vaccine, we are still in the middle of a pandemic
1: mm-hmm for sure so uh yeah I mean we'll see what comes out with that but we'll just have to see honestly keeping them safe is the most important thing and right now it hasn't been working out for you know that great um especially for the league that kind of has been letting fans in the stadium as well yes we'll have to see with that um so i say how about we take a break here then we'll come back to our final redraft and then we'll close out the episode
0: yeah sounds good so we'll be right back Well, we just took a drink of water. We're all recharged and ready to go. I hope you guys are too. Uh, one thing before we get into this uh, draft redo is there's two Monday night football games this week. Uh, that's because of COVID reasons, uh, obviously. But we have the New England Patriots playing the Kansas City Chiefs at 7.05 Eastern. And the Atlanta Falcons, the team that blew 99.9% leads and percent bo- a chance to win both their last two games. Playing the Green Bay Packers. Very quickly, Matthew, what are your predictions?
1: So, I'm just going to say I got uh. I mean, I got uh, the Chiefs and the Packers just very quickly.
0: I agree. I think both teams are the favorites going into it. And I want to take it a step further. The Falcons are going to have a lead in the fourth quarter and blow it yet again.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. And there's that. I'm just going to say, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs look like the powerhouse that they are. Like, they look like they're going to repeat yeah. this season and uh yeah i mean it's just it's just a treat to watch them really but i think they take that game and then yeah just as you put it if the, i think it's i think if it's they made packers lamar, i think it's green bay's game to uh lose
0: yeah i just want to quickly mention if the chiefs made lamar jackson look like a running back then they can most definitely make new england's life very difficult tomorrow mm-hmm. night mm-hmm.
1: for sure all right, so now we'll move on to our twenty seventeen NBA redraft. Once again, if you haven't been following along, we've been doing redrafts of every NBA draft for the last seven episodes um, from twenty ten, and we are finishing it up here at twenty seventeen. Mainly because twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen are too early to predict. Even twenty seventeen. This so I'm gonna put this disclaimer here. I think twenty seventeen is still also kind of in that boundary of too 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 close to call it because. You know, it's too soon. A lot of these players haven't developed fully yet or gotten their opportunities yet. But I still think uh, you're still going to get a lot of uh, change in the orders here. And yeah, it'll just be fun. Um, Let us know if you have any other ideas for series because this is the end of this series and we will come up with something else after. But let us know what you think.
0: Yes, absolutely. uh, Please.
1: mm -hmm, So we've just been drafting the top 10 of every draft. Um, and we alternate picks so who had the first pick last uh, week I almost I always forget that I was me with Pascal Siakam mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
0: I think if I'm my math checks out correctly the player that's going to be taking first this time around is a player that was compared a lot to the guy that was drafted first last time mm-hmm. in our redraft
1: for sure Uh, I mean we'll just get right into it so I mean I'm up yep. with number one and yep I'm going to take Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics, who originally went third overall. And honestly, genius moves by Boston, because if you think back, they had the first overall pick in this draft. And, you know, they basically said, no, no, like, we know we don't want Markel Fultz or Alonzo Ball. Um, we know Jason Tatum is going to be the best player and he goes and he's gonna go third so we'll trade you we'll trade Philadelphia the first pick for the third pick they end up getting the really the steal of the draft and well you know poor Philadelphia um, Mark like <laughs> Fultz is still a solid player right now but um yeah I don't think he'll, he'll he most likely will not make this redraft anyways
0: yeah most definitely not i think it's the same too because injuries have definitely uh, set player. back his career mm-hmm. yes absolutely if he gets a healthy. I think he'll definitely climb into the top 10. Oh, yeah. I mean, but we saw
1: that in this bubble, especially, he's been playing really well um, with Orlando.
0: I actually think that the extended time off and I think the extended off season coming up is going to really do wonders for him because he'll finally get enough time to properly heal from whatever injuries have been preventing him from being his best. So, obviously, that's going to be good for Philadelphia. But, obviously, back to Tatum, we saw in the playoffs just how... Amazing of a player and a special talent, he is. And he's going to be one of the faces of the East for a long time. He's
1: really good. Mm -hmm. Top 10. He could be a top 10 player next season, easy. Mm Yep. If
0: he's not top 10, he's definitely top 20.
1: Oh, for sure. I'd say, yeah, like at most top 15, you know?
0: Yep, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. So you're up with number two.
0: I think this is probably an easy choice, given that he's one of the top scorers in this draft already. And that's Donovan Mitchell.
1: Mm -hmm. I hit him at number two as well. Utah got a steal of a draft pick in him as well. Um, he jumps up and yeah, I mean, especially during this bubble. Once again, I mean, he's been a, you know, a star player for the last few seasons, but this bubble, he's been, he went off in that first round series. Um, it was unfortunate that, you know, they couldn't advance and beat Denver. Um, for Utah, I mean, we know how we feel about Denver as well. Um, nothing but props to both those teams, but Donovan Mitchell has another, just a star player. Honestly, right there um, with Jason Tatum and, you know, top 20, top 15 player.
0: Yeah, I think it's crazy just how good he's been since he's gone into the league. It's unfortunate that the Utah Jazz just haven't been able to get it done in the playoffs and haven't even been able to go on a deep run. Is it true that they've only made it to the second round
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that just basically speaks to the situation that uh, Mitchell's in right now he's still young still has a lot of time left to figure things out but it's also going to be on uh, Utah to get a build a con- championship contender roster because in a very tightly con- uh, a tightly uh contested western conference you need to really stand out to really make that big jump and also have a bunch of uh, top 10 players on your team. And Donovan Mitchell's not there yet, but he will soon.
1: For sure. For sure. Um, he's just, he's a star, a star with superstar potential already. So, uh, I mean, he's like that borderline star superstar, right? So, yeah, so definitely going to be interesting. Um, I'll go up third again. We'll go kind of quicker with these. We'll go quick compared to other drafts. We'll go pretty quick this uh, year because, you know, a lot. There's still a lot to be played in these players' careers. A lot to. Oh, be done. absolutely. You know, absolutely. we have a very small sample size here, so we're kind of just picking them uh, based off you know these first couple seasons, but we'll see. But for me, I'm picking the guy who's in the NBA Finals right now, injured right now, unfortunately, but um, amazing player nonetheless, Bam Adebayo, who I think will turn into a you know a star player in this league if he's not already considered a star. Um, yep. and honestly, he's been playing absolutely insane for Miami. Just a defensive shutdown specialist and exactly the type of player that you would want on your team.
0: A few quick things I want to mention about uh Adebayo. He's been a big part of Miami's success and they definitely miss him now that he's out with an injury. If Miami's going to win a championship, he's going to be a big part of it. And this is now the second player in this draft that was taken in the middle of the draft. That's up to the top uh, 5.
1: Talk that should just me, speak yeah. to
0: Yeah, that's just speak to how good the middle of this draft has been. Mhm. Already.
1: For sure. You're up with number 4 now.
0: Uh this is probably the easy an easy pick for me, Darian Fox.
1: Darian Fox. Yeah, he is uh he's great and he's fast. He's fast and yep. uh really? I mean, I remember in the early first season of the draft after this draft uh, everyone thought you know he was the best point guard to come out of this draft and that's that really is pretty much uh still in the conversation i think it re- he is the best guard to come out of this point best point guard to come out of this draft and sacramento he's definitely going to lead sacramento for the next few years um i hope they can build more around him but uh yeah they got a great piece in them
0: yep i absolutely agree uh i also want to say sacramento's got something interesting cooking down there uh, obviously, it hasn't translated yet. But Sacramento, I would say, is a team to watch out for. They're not uh, obviously going to be the favorites. They're probably going to at peak at around four or five. But they're definitely going to be in the playoff conversation as early as next season.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. So I'm up with uh, number five. And uh, I'm really pleased to uh, select here uh, OGN and Obi. Ooh! Mm -hmm.
0: damn it i was gonna take him at number six i was like oh please don't
1: don't (laughs) think og jumps from 23rd to uh fifth in our draft and uh yeah i mean really he came in as honestly just kind of a defensive specialist for the raptors um i remember you know first his first season he uh his first season he had to guard lebron in the playoffs and i mean that's a huge task for a rookie and look at him now you know it's not just a defensive game that's so great but he's really um he's really been progressing in his offensive game as well i mean we know his buzzer beer, but not only that i mean he's worked on his handles he was kind of honestly one of the only players that you would trust on the raptors with you know taking shots in the playoffs
0: shout out to your dog first of all uh, who's uh, making his presence felt <laughs> <I> no <know. laughs> <laughs> don't worry it's all good it's all good. Probably a good boy. But yes, I agree with all of that. This playoffs was definitely his breakout year for his uh, growth. I think last season, the Raptors missed him in some ways, but also didn't because they won the championship. But I think OG is going to be a big part of this team's success going forward because he does play a big part. And I think the sky's the limit for him. I really like what his potential, and I think uh, the Raptors are going to be better with him on the roster.
1: Mm-hmm for sure um and then uh yeah and then you're up with the uh next pick
0: i'll just make this nice and quick since you didn't take him a number five i'm gonna take jonathan isaac
1: nice yeah um again just an, an, a great player i mean i hope uh again he unfortunately got injured in the playoffs hope that heals up quickly um but yeah just honestly orlando has a really good player developing player in him he'll definitely be a really good uh, player for them in a, in a, in a couple of years of, you know, someone that they can really rely on. And Orlando has something cooking up there with Markel Fultz, um, Aaron Gordon, you know, and especially Jonathan Isaac.
0: Yeah, not that the Magic had any shot to beat the Bucks in the first round, but I think once Isaac went down with his injury, they were basically screwed. That could just That just tells you how important Isaac is to the team's success. And mm-hmm. I think he once he gets fully healthy, this long offseason is going to give him a chance to heal. I believe it's his ankle, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I need to double-check that, exactly what his uh, injury was.
0: Okay, that's fine. But whatever the injury is, regardless, he'll be back fully healthy, and I think he's going to have a big season next yeah.
1: year. I believe it was a, a knee injury, I believe so. Okay,
0: close enough. Mm-hmm. Ankle is pretty close to the knee.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're up at number seven. Oh, actually, a torn uh, ACL. Oh, yeah, that's uh,
0: that's not good.
1: So let's hope he uh comes back soon. Let's hope he heals up and uh, yeah, um. But yeah, with my next pick, uh, I'm glad to take another one. of My players that uh, um, another player that I really like, um, Lonzo Ball, who honestly I I really like his game, and I think he gets a lot of uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of extra pressure on him, given you know kind of the hype around him going going into the uh, game especially with his dad and everything but you know aside from all that there's a lot of uh, pressure on him but he has performed pretty well at the nba level and people refuse to see that just because he's not living up to the expectations he's been a very solid player um this season you know kind of in especially in the bubble he didn't really play that well but for the middle part of the season especially he was a big reason why uh you know the pelicans were finding success he was very solid he was hitting shots um and most most importantly is he's just a defensive specialist you know i'll
0: say this the truth to pelicans has probably was the best thing that could have happened to his career uh not because uh oh lebron uh, had to ruin uh had to put his foot on the t- on the t- table and uh Say, I want Anthony Davis. Get rid of all the rookies. But really, now that he's in New Orleans with a smaller market, less pressure on him, less uh, like less of a microscope on his play, I think he'll be able to, to thrive down there. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll definitely grow as a player.
1: Yeah. And let's not forget, even in LA, it sucks that he was injured for so much. He honestly was injured for a lot of uh, the season with LeBron as well. But when he did play, I mean, LeBron he's close friends with LeBron as well so that I mean that that shows that LeBron believes in him a lot but on top of that yeah maybe his shots weren't falling but his defensive play was arguably on the best on the Lakers
0: yep absolutely. it was the most consistent of uh, anything yeah uh yep I'll just quickly do the number eight pick uh shouldn't be too hard for me to uh slip moves lose this guy that's got to be John Col- Collins
1: mm-hmm Great player. Great player for the Hawks. Um, him and Trey Young have been kind of leading that team. Again, a young team. They still need to find their uh, bearings and they also need to be, you know, have that team built around them. But yeah, he's been that bright spot alongside uh, Trey Young.
0: Yep. Number nine.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're going to keep it nice and short and sweet here. But I'm going to take uh, Lori Markinen from the Chicago Bulls.
0: Excellent pick, by mm-hmm. the way. Just, I really like what Chicago's building
1: too. Oh yeah. Just a solid player. Uh, definitely a part of their future again. Um, you know, the, Oh, I mean, we, we should have mentioned it this week, uh, but yeah. Uh, Billy Donovan for uh, getting hired by the, uh, by the bulls. That's and, a move. Mm-hmm, that is a move. So, but going back to it, I just think it's uh, I think Chicago's building something good. And I think marketing is part of their future for sure. Again, you don't know what's gonna happen with Levine and things like that, but he's been their brightest spot and he's kind of pretty much their uh you know, their power forward uh center of the future.
0: Yep. You definitely need to have really good big men on your team. Yeah. And even if they're not like the top three players on your team, they have to be at least four or five. Oh yeah. And I think uh Markin and Mac or Markin, I can't, I don't even know why Markinan, I'm not pronouncing. Yeah, Markin it. Markinin, yeah, and will be a good supporting cast on this team. For
1: sure. All right, now round out the draft and then we'll talk about the uh, honorable mentions.
0: Yep. Uh from the Brooklyn Nets, I am going to be pleased to take Jared
1: Allen. Jared Allen, a great player for the Nets. I think especially the, the in the bubble, um Raptors fans got to see a uh, a lot of him. Just uh really I mean obviously it was a sweep, but he was you know him and Kristalbert especially everything they could to uh kind of keep them in that series at least keep them in games but uh yeah definitely a bright spot very young and i think he's uh especially when kd and Kyrie come back that team's gonna be dangerous next season yep
0: honestly like i said this draft's been pretty good in the sense of a lot of talented players were taken here oh yeah and i think it just speaks to the fact that we we didn't really see many of the first like the top five players get taken in this redraft. I think it's kind of like a lot of drafts where uh, where it's hard to really predict who's going to go first, and then you have a lot of scenarios where everything else just a lot of gems fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this draft is the hidden gems draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, just off the, uh, just off the, you know the honorable mentions here, which I'm going to read off now. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of talent in this draft that have, that did not make the top 10, but it just speaks volumes to the depth of this draft. Honestly, it's looking like a very good draft already. Some of my ones was, uh, I'm going to obviously say Kyle Kuzma. Yep. That's the big one. Um, honestly, I feel like he could have made the top 10 easily, but you know, um, it's just so deep of a draft. He's a great player, honestly. Yeah, he does have this if he can get things together, he can be uh, and be more consistent. He could be like, you know, a star in this league. But his potential is still there. Also, I'm going to name uh Josh Jackson um uh for the Grizzlies now. Frank uh Nilekina for the Knicks. Dennis Smith Jr. Also uh of the Knicks now, previously of the Mavericks. Um what about you any any specific names
0: one name that really sticks out to me has to be dylan brooks he's one of the top scorers of this draft already despite being a second round pick he's somebody i want to keep an eye on for the next couple of years canadian as Some well of... yeah absolutely that's a and he went to Oregon. so mm-hmm. shout out to oregon
1: mm-hmm. um a couple others jordan bell semi semi o- Um, Just looking down the list, it was just a deep draft. Uh, Derek White, Josh Hart, Josh Hart for the Pelicans, great piece there. Um, Yeah, I mean, TJ Leaf, DJ Wilson, just overall uh, a really deep draft.
0: Yep, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So with that, Uh,
1: uh, yeah, do you have any other comments about the draft?
0: Well, first of all, thank you guys for listening to the series of redrafts. I hope you guys enjoyed it like Matthew said at the top, let us know what series you want to see next, Mm -hmm. but we'll be taking a little break from these just so we can figure out what we're going to do next with it. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did
1: for sure. So I think we'll start to close out this episode. Uh, I believe you have uh, a couple more questions you want to quickly discuss while we wrap up and then we will close out
0: just one this week, but I think it's a good one. It's from Julie J shout to her. Always a big fan of the show Always
1: so positive online as well.
0: Absolutely. She asks, "What is do you think is the biggest need for the Blue Jays? Is there anyone in particular you would like to see them acquire?" Oh. I'm going to be very quick with this one. Okay, I say Trevor Bauer would be yeah. someone I'd really be interested in getting. Oh. I warmed up to it because uh, mm-hmm. see, if you saw last the last couple of years, you hated Trevor Bauer, <laughs> but I think he'd be a great addition to this to the Leafs to the Jays starting. I don't know why I keep saying the Leafs. First of all, but. Uh, the J starting rotation would get a huge boost with Trevor Bauer on there in addition to Ryu. That could be a really solid starting rotation if they get Bauer.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't have any specific names but I think the number one thing is pitching. Honestly, if we've seen anything it's that there's a Hunjin Ryu and then there's a big gap, right? In in terms of depth. Um when it comes Although to Although I pitching. have to
0: say Walker did really well Walker this is year.
1: really good too, yeah. And but Shoemaker I think when it comes to playoff time as we've seen you need a little more more depth there just overall so i definitely think uh that's the route you need to go the blue jeans need to go i don't think there's any rush as well just because you made the playoffs this first year doesn't mean you have to you know accelerate the rebuild
0: yes i definitely agree the big thing is going to be pitching if you can get a good starting pitcher do it but i also think you have to recognize what's happened with ken giles or uh, what they're going to do with their bowl, with their, their closing. Uh, I believe Romano was someone that uh, really took over the closer role. I might be wrong on this one. Correct me if, if that's the case, but it's just definitely get one more starting pitcher and upgrade the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's really what the Jays really need. They don't need offense. They got plenty.
1: For sure. So with that, we'll close out this episode. You can uh, follow us, tweet us, Message us any feedback or suggestions for the podcast at uh, on Twitter. My uh, at is Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore.
0: Mine is at the Leafs IMO. You can find our work at the Leafs Nation. You can find Matthew's work at Raptors
1: Raptors HQ.
0: Yep, I was uh-huh. I, I was about to say Republic and I got scared for a second. <laughs> no uh, okay, what else was I going to say? Our Twitter account is at Behind the Net Pod. Uh, we have a youtube channel is the name of our podcast you can listen to it there and really so always stay tuned to our podcast let us know what you think of it Uh, give us any feedback suggestions for future episodes questions you might want to hear asked on future episodes and more importantly tune in for next week because we will be talking about the draft and free agency
1: Mm -hmm. big things next week so uh with that we will see you guys next week
0: bye-bye